Today's episode is brought to you by Drizzly. Beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes. Shop and order from thousands of products from local retailers with absolutely no markup. Seriously. And if you head over to unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y, right now and enter the promo code DRIZZLYDEAL, D-R-I-Z-L-Y-D-E-A-L, you will get $5 off your first order of over $20. Sit back and relax and order yourself a six-pack or a nice bottle of Cab Sav or a handle of Buffalo Trace if you so wish. Do it all with Drizzly at unitedwedrink.com slash drizzly. Drizzly, beer, wine, and liquor delivered in under 60 minutes. Must be 21 to use. Enjoy responsibly. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the host's employers, co-workers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show. Because there aren't enough beer podcasts in the world, welcome to United We Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new mini episode of United We Drink right here on unitedwedrink.com. Hope that uh, we can get this one down slightly shorter. It's kind of weird when our first mini episode is probably only about 20 minutes less than what a normal episode was. But, you know, there's growing pains, right? Sure. You you guys yeah. don't have any opinion on it. <laughs> uh, Mike, Phil, and Joel back here with you guys once again. Uh, we had a fun episode last week with uh, talking about the IP theft design in the beer industry. Phil seemed very upset at certain points and uh, was walking a, a very tight line of being conflicted, right? Not upset. How do you feel, feel afterwards? Uh, as horrible as I felt walking out of that last episode. Um, and not necessarily upset. And, and, and please let me clarify... I'm not for stealing IP. Um, I understand both sides of the fence. I also am the person that is going to pick up that can off the shelf because you stole their IP and had the testicular fortitude to steal that IP um, and put it out into distribution. So that said, I'd, I'm and I'm I'm not going to change. Uh, you guys hit me with a really really hard question that hit really close to home at the end of the episode and. I after discussing it with my wife, uh, both of us were like, "No, absolutely not. We would not be cool with that." And I, I still stand there. That said, it, yeah, yeah. You guys challenge me, and 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 I appreciate you challenging me on a recorded podcast. And I'll be the first to admit I'm completely full of shit because, like Phil mentioned in last week's episode about other. Uh, properties and other types of merchandise, uh, you know, utilizing IP theft. I am a huge Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, and I have several shirts that I buy for each movie that comes out. And believe me, Marvel isn't seeing a fucking dime from those shirts. I have, you know, I bought one for Endgame that says whatever it takes. I have, when I went to Black Panther, I have one that is, uh, it's just the face of like the Black Panther helmet, and half of it is Prince Akeem from Coming to America. It's the fucking greatest shirt I've ever seen. I had to get that uh, when Infinity War came out. I got an uh, Infinity IPA shirt. It's like a, it's like an Infinity Gauntlet with uh, uh, like like it's like a beer mug with foam coming out of the top. It's fucking awesome. Disney's not gonna see dime one. Fuck them. 
I think that this was a great conversation and definitely brought out emotions in all of us that we we feel very strongly one particular way on this. And uh, I think that, that that it was a fun conversation and I'm sure that it will come up again from time to time. Um, we got some questions to do some Q&A here for you guys. So let's jump into what we have here. Um, with the market as crowded as it is in craft, are we all on the same team anymore fighting against macro or are we, are we all considered competition? Oh, this is a tough one, man. And I, you know, like Phil last week talking about IP, I, I think I might be riding the fence a little bit on this one. The thing that attracts me to this industry most and, and is one of the things I love so much about it is that so many of us are friends and get along and our supposed competition are our friends and neighbors and people we hang out with. We go to each other's breweries. We borrow each other's ingredients. Um, I mean, there I would not have been able to do certain things at the brewery I'm at right now if someone hadn't loaned me a hydrometer or a pH meter when mine broke or, you know, I've loaned people bags of grain or whatever. Like, it's great that we can get along like that. And when I do tours at the brewery, it's amazing how for, you know, involved in the industry as we are and how much we know all this inside shit, so much of the public just don't understand how it works and how we can do stuff like that. And I always tell them, you know, the great thing about the industry is, uh, like, like McDonald's cannot go to Burger King and say, hey, we ran out of pickles. Can I j borrow a, a jar of pickles? But we can do that, you know, in the industry with each other. And we have done that and we continue to do that. I mean, we now have a brewery two blocks away. And that yeah. realistically is our direct competition brewery-wise. We're fucking friends. Like the dude comes to our brewery, drinks our beer. We go to his brewery, drink his beer. We throw ideas back and forth. We offer support. And, and you know, if we need help with each other, it's great like that. Now, what I will say the downside is with the brewery growing as fast or the, the industry growing as fast as it is, is that we do have a lot of people who are not necessarily like beer people. And what, what I've always said is best thing and the worst thing about the industry is that everybody's welcome and anyone can do it. Because like right now we have a lot of people who seem to be getting into the industry for the wrong reasons, seeing some sort of hot trend that they can jump into. And it's like, oh, I have money. We can open a brewery. Open a brewery. How hard could that be? And we've seen people come into the business as outsiders who – immediately start pissing people off and ripping off ideas from other breweries around town or stealing their entire taproom design. Uh, you know, we've seen all sorts of stuff like that. So, you know, and as we're growing, you know, as we've said many times on this podcast, there's over 7,000 breweries now. And if you count the ones in planning, it's over 10,000. The experienced help or, you know, uh, uh, the experienced employees are not growing at the same rate the places you can put the beer is not growing at the same rate so competition is getting tougher i still think it's the best industry in the world i still think we can all get along the more it grows the more personalities you're going to see coming into it that are different and outside the box and doing things a little bit differently or untraditional or whatever you want to call it and it rubs some people the wrong way and other people roll with it you know i don't know i i think I think we are competition, but I think if you're not a douche 
and you understand that it's all of us against macro and it's all of us against wine and spirits, you know, I, I think there's plenty of room to still get along. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, we're at 13.2% share right now versus national beer. And when you look at sales and, and, and I'll take, I'm going to take the sales approach here. Are we all one team still fighting the good fight, still pushing against the bad guy, which is big beer? And I use air quotes on the bad guy. Man, at, at a 13.2% share, yeah, I think we're all still fighting the same team, right? That said, I think the lines are getting blurred pretty quickly when you look at who's on one side versus the other side. I can tell you my perspective on it, which is... I love this industry. I love the people in this industry. I don't care if you're on big beer or little beer or indifferent or seltzer for that matter, just simply because I think we all have a genuine outlook on where we want to go and how we want to get there. I I personally believe beer is still fighting against spirits and beer is still fighting against wine. And we need to stop looking at beer versus beer and start looking at beer versus beverage. And and honestly, I know we're trying to be a beverage podcast, but we're definitely beer focused. I I, I think we are still on one team. And this this question just so and to sort of pay homage to our question asker, uh, Duval Dealer, um, at Duval Dealer. Thanks for asking this question. And and yeah, I, I think we're still on the same team. I think we're still fighting that same fight. And I think we're all still going there. Now, it might not seem that way when we're still walking into the same chain meetings over and over and over again, and we're fighting for very limited space. But at the end of the day, there's still a lot of draft lines out there. We have other industries trying to cut into our draft lines at this point in time with wine and pre-mixed cocktails and things of that nature. We have to protect our own as the beer industry. That's my personal opinion. I I, I, I feel very uh, passionate about this and, and somewhat conflicted too, the way that Joel did. We're in a, a weird industry to where, like Joel said, you're not going to see like Burger King and McDonald's people hanging out together and helping one another out. But I feel like that there is like this, this closeness in, in the brewing industry that is very similar to just hospitality in general, uh, bars, restaurants, uh, catering, things like that. Um, you see bartenders and, uh, cooks, uh, servers going to other bars and restaurants after their shifts are up and hanging out with those people and they know those people at that place or they know people at another place because it's not all people in the restaurant game are are collaborative there are people who are super cutthroat and think of every restaurant as you are competition i will put you out of business but there's a lot of them who are like you know i'll go out and hang out with it with them i mean shout out to chung at coffee district the uh, old school uh craft beer og down here who would go around to all the other places in del rey and hang out with them uh very regularly and i see i i just take that from the hospitality industry in general I think that we can all be friendly uh, and be like that, and those and it's people like that who I all always will gravitate towards. Like Joel said, the guy from the other brewery around the corner, he 
he was just in on Friday night. We we had a beer with him. He came he came in when we were finishing up our shift, and we all sat down and had a beer together. And invi- awesome. in- invited us to his place to drink beers from another brewery. Yeah, it's 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 stuff like that that I do truly love about this industry that makes it so unique. But yeah, at the end of the day, yes, we are competition, and I'd like to think that if it came down to it, like you're going to fight for your brand in in situations where you need to, and maybe you need to take the gloves off a little bit, and hopefully no feelings are truly hurt, and no one does hurt someone else's brand in the whole scheme of things, but I, I just do love the fact that we can all still, for the most part, get together with other brewery people and have a good time. I agree on that one. And shout right. out shout out to Chung. Shout out to Chung. He gives the best uh, hugs. <laughs> There's some good hug people in the in this industry. And our last question for this Q&A, retaining sales reps and brewers, what do you believe is the best practice? Um I'm going to I'm going to go back to um what I said on my last call from the last episode and and bring that in a little bit. And that's, let's get paid, pay, pay your people. Well, I'm not saying that money makes the whole world go round, but it does help a little bit, especially in this industry that has such a piss poor reputation for paying people what they're worth, know what your worth is and, and get compensate, compensate people for that. Uh, and even if it's, if it's not even pay, there's other ways that you can compensate people, give them, give them more um, time off PTO, um, maybe cut their hours down, but still pay them the same amount. Like if they are feeling overworked, then maybe take them down to, uh, 35 hours a week with their same salary so that they get a little more rest and, and peace of mind. There's ownership options that can be put into things. There, there's a whole lot of other ways that you can compensate a person even outside of just base pay that can help really maintain a good relationship with your employees and keep them happy. Yeah, I would definitely disagree on the pay and the benefits and everything. Um, I think it also goes beyond that because I think it's important to support your people in their values and hopefully you are fostering a good, uh, work-life balance and creating a culture in your brewery where everyone feels like they get along, everyone feels valued. Sometimes it's not just about money or benefits or vacation and all that shit. Sometimes it's just about feeling like you're in the right place. You know, do these people share my values? Do we feel the same way about the beer? If I kill myself making this beer, but it doesn't come out right and I feel like maybe it shouldn't go to shelf... Uh, you know, will they support me on that? Or will they support me in my creative efforts? Do I have any creative freedom? Um, and one thing I, I thought was really awesome the other day that I saw, uh, John Laffler from Off Color Brewing had reposted a job posting from this brewery called The Civil Life, which I had not heard of. Um, <clears throat> they are in St. Louis, Missouri. Louis. And uh, their, their listing on Twitter reads, We have a position open to join our brewing team. Benefits include health insurance, civil life pays monthly premium, six paid holidays, two weeks vacation, short-term disability, three paid sick days, 3% match after one year, and you get to brew beer with uh, Dylan, who I I assume that's their head brewer. Um, 
you don't see a lot of that. If you peruse the Brewbound or Pro Brewer classifieds for job listings, you don't see a lot of benefits like that. And someone approached me a couple weeks ago uh, looking to get into beer sales and didn't know whether to go with a large distributor or work directly for a brewery. And I sort of threw them some recommendations saying, look, you know, maybe the large distributor is is probably looking for a lot more experience than you have, but the pay and the benefits of a larger business like that may be a little bit better. Uh, you know, maybe the smaller brewery might not be able to offer you as much. Uh, it's it's very tricky in this business, and we see a lot of debates online about you know paying people well, and and you know people get really pissed off now when they see breweries like, yeah, come come can beer with us, and we'll we'll give you a six pack or something like that. Like, it's an unsafe business. You know, you can get injured. There's gases and chemicals and lifting heavy things, and I've been injured every which way uh, doing what I do. You know, it's important to pay people and make sure they're, you know, taken care of. And uh, brewing is kind of notorious for not paying a living wage in many cases. So it, it, it's important to take care of your people in, in all the different ways they can be taken care of. So Very good point, Joel. All right. So uh, first of all, thank you to J-H-E-R-R-E-R-4 for asking this question. I, I think that this is a interesting situation, and, and I, I truly appreciate listening to both the marketing and the production side of this, first and foremost, from Mike and Joel. But I believe when you look at the sales rep, uh, it's a different situation because not only it, it's a sales job, right? And we're, we're fighting up against other sales jobs. So that sales individual could go to a wholesaler, potentially make more money, sell a larger portfolio, and be happy. And honestly, probably have closer to a nine to five day job. That said, I personally love working on the supplier side. It it gives a little bit more freedom, and and what I what I think actually helps retain the quality employees is giving them the freedom and ability to learn and better themselves through the long run. And I think that that could transcend even to the brewer side, which is if you want to keep somebody in-house, train them, teach them up, get them ready for that next level. Maybe they're not necessarily interested in marketing. Maybe they want to do seller work or they want to brew beer or they want to be on the street selling beer. And maybe the guy selling beer wants to be building business plans. Give your team the tools and and honestly have the open conversation with your team to give them the tools down the line that build and produce better employees for this industry. Because let's face it, 10 years ago, there were no beer employees for us to pull from. We were pulling from corporate America. All three of us came from corporate America. We were either doing marketing, banking sales. I was working, doing work with the IRS. At at some point in time, I'm not going to create a business anymore. I'm going to be working, marketing a business and going out and building um, a, a better sales team. And and honestly, that is how we get better. And that is how you retain a team. And that is how you make your company better in the long run, in my opinion. Excellent points. Uh, I, I think all around. Really good question. Uh, thanks again for that one. If you have a question for the show, 
send it over to us. Uh, you can use our contact form, unitedwedrink.com slash contact. You can DM uh, any of the social media accounts uh, with your question uh, or even contact us directly. If you know any of us specifically, you follow any of us on social media, you can send us the questions there too. And uh, we may read it and answer it on a future mini episode. We'll get ready to wrap things up here. It's now time for recommendations. Uh, everyone gets to give a little recommendation of something that they think people should uh, be uh, consuming. Visually, audio-wise, food. I'll, I'll just start things off. The new season of Big Mouth is on Netflix. I haven't gotten through it all, and it's really good. I mean, there's so much uh, talent in that show. So many funny people. I highly recommend that show. I just got back from Halloween Horror Nights, and if you have the ability to go to Halloween Horror Nights Orlando this year, I would highly recommend it. Amazing haunted houses, great interactive haunted houses, really like Ghostbusters personally, and welcome to the Halloween season. And I'd just like to say uh, what's up to everybody down in Wynwood. I know Mike and I got to check out some of the breweries down there recently. Great hospitality from everybody at Winwood Brewing, Concrete Beach Concrete Brewing, Beach. and Vasasaur. Let me tell you something. For as much stupid shit as people talk about, you know, corporate ownership and everything, I had a blast at fucking all of these places. The Vasasaur had this coffee porter. It was only served in like a little flight glass. It was this coffee porter topped with flan foam. The craziest fucking thing I've ever had. Super delicious. I don't know how they do that, but I mean, this foam was thick, like almost like softened cream cheese. It was that thick, but just unreal. I don't know anybody that's doing stuff like that. I did enjoy a beer slushy over there. Like I said, I'm full of shit. Don't listen to any of the stuff I say on Twitter. Good times. I love the vibe down there. It's it's the whole area just has a life of its own. So I uh, I recommend anybody visiting South Florida to definitely check out that area if you want to go brewery hopping. Yeah, it was a good time. If you tuned into our last mini episode, you saw that we started a Spotify playlist. We have a Spotify account for United We Drink. Joel curated his own playlist with a movie soundtrack tunes. You go to unitedwedrink.com slash Spotify, and it will take you to our user account where you can follow the account. You can listen to the playlist. And uh, with today's episode, we got a brand new playlist up there now from Phil. Phil, what can people expect from this playlist? A lot of indie hip-hop I'm going on this one. The next one I'm going to go probably more boy bandish, but you're going to see of some uh, Aesop Rock. You're going to see some Homeboy Sandman. You're going to see Doom Tree, Sims, uh, MF Doom, maybe some Bluebird out of Fort Lauderdale, Astronomalist out of Jacksonville, Minneapolis. I think he's now living in New York. A lot of indie hip-hop on this one. Awesome. So yeah, if you're a, a Spotify subscriber and you like listening to tunes on there and looking for new stuff, go subscribe and follow our our playlists over there. Um, also, in the meantime, you can follow the show on all our social media accounts at United We Drink on Twitter, at United We Drink Pod on Instagram, like us on Facebook. You can listen to the show on our website, unitedwedrink.com, or, you know, all those other great places where podcasts are at, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy a button, support the show, unitedwedrink.com slash store. For everyone, we'll see you next week for the brand new 
full episode where we'll be talking about safety. We'll see you then. Bye. Bourbon was a bad idea.